Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is August 11th, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book in Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 21, the first paragraph. But what about the real alcoholic ending in once he starts? Today's readers are, and thanks everyone, Team Thursday, Nancy R., Martha Z., Chris M., Kelly G., Anita L., Newcomer Greeter, Katie G., and host for the awesome second unrecorded hour, Chris G. The reference numbers for yesterday are, unfortunately, I forgot to write them down, but I have them. The reference numbers are for uh, Wednesday, August 10th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 19,277. That's 19277. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 19,278. That's 19278. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At our Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Kelly G. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Kelly. You're up. Good morning, everyone. Kelly G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. Here are the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. I will now ask for Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Anita. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal uh, recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Have a great day and I pass. Thank you so much, Anita. Alrighty, here is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. Again, there is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's uh, phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 21, the first paragraph, but what about the real alcoholic? And Nancy R. is going to get us started. Go ahead, Nancy. Can't wait. Good morning, Nancy R., a recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or, not, may or may not become a continuous hard drinker. But at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. That's it. That's me. I am a real alcoholic. I am a real compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I don't know if I started off as a moderate overeater, um, but I do remember um, when I was in my early 20s and I was pregnant with my first child and um, I went to the ice cream shop and I got a pint and I ate the whole pint and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so much. That's so much. Um, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't doing that all the time and it wasn't increasing. And um, there's no way I could eat just a pint today if I were to pick that up. So I have um, definitely lost all control of my uh, food consumption. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, if I pick up, that's what it says. Once, once, once you start to drink, once I pick up, once I pick up my alcoholic foods, um, alcoholic ingredients, um, and I'm so grateful today that uh, that I'm not um, in the compulsion. And as we've been talking about in reading up till now, you know the the craving, uh, the uh, the alert, allergy of the body. And the um, the crazy thinking of my mind, the compulsion of my mind, um, because I would be um, I'd have I I've had many many experiences over the last um, twenty years of and more of um, over in my overeating career that I have had no control of my food consumption. And um, I'm just so grateful to to know, to have this truth in me that it is an allergy of the body and a uh, commotion of the, of the mind, obsession of the mind, and that these 12 steps relieve my obsession um, so that I don't have to start to overeat today. Uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Nancy R., for getting us started. Awesome. Okay. So, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you've shared in the last two days, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope first. Okay. So, who would like to share on what was read? First name De- and initial. Tina S. Tina Debbie H. R. Debbie H. Kentucky. 
Nancy R. Debbie H. Reva P. Reva. Okay. Loretta H. Heather E. H. Loretta H. Heather E. H. Lisa B. Lisa B. Did you get Nessa R? Nessa? Uh, Nessa R. Yeah, I did. Okay, so hold on. Here's what I have. Tina S., Nessa R., Debbie H., Reva P., Loretta H., Heather E. H., Lisa B. So we're going to hold right there, folks, and then go for a second round. Okie doke. Tina, you are up, followed by Nessa. Please go ahead. Thanks so much, Amy. Uh, grateful for your service. Uh, I'm Tina, compulsive eater, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. And, you know, I just, I love this paragraph. You know, I just really love it because I can certainly relate. And I, too, like was what was previously shared, don't know when this all started, if I was a moderate eater or if I was a hard eater, don't remember any of that. But what I do remember is once I started, I couldn't stop from an early age. I mean, looking back over my shoulder, I see that, you know, and for many, many years, you know, I could stop for a period of time, you know. I was a great dieter until I wasn't. And uh, so through, you know, dieting and exercise, I kind of, I barely, kept a fairly decent weight for a period of time, you know, and, um, you know, when, and I always say this because it's the truth, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a real compulsive overeater, and I think that's my core addiction, but my, one of my first diets was booze, you know, and so I'm always a person of more no matter what it is, you know, so um, alcohol relieved for a period of time, my obsession to eat because it would ruin a good buzz, and then in my alcoholism, you know, once I, you know, because I was a blackout drinker, I would eat. So it was, you know, it's that double edge, you know. And so what I loved it was, I think it was shared yesterday. And, you know, and I've heard it over the years and I hear it and I really believe it. You know, once I start, I can't stop and I can't stop from starting, you know. And so what happens, and it was just shared, you know, what takes care of that is the 12 steps, you know. Because on my own, I can't do this. You know, and the 12 steps, you know, I have a transformation, a change, a psychic change that comes about. And that's, you know, once I keep my alcoholic foods out of my body, which is the allergy, then I've got to take care of this twisted thinking. And that's what the steps do, you know, and and I and I have to do it one day at a time, you know, because I cannot rest on my laurels. I can't bank on yesterday's um, spiritual stuff. You know, I've got to do this stuff today, too, if I want to continue to get what I'm getting. And I do. You know, I love the way that I live today. I mean, it's not all, it's not perfect by any means, but it is so much better than it ever was. And it continues to get better. I continue to get better, you know. And, and so with that, I'll pass. I'm really looking forward to hear what other people have to share. And thanks. Thank you so much, Tina. Tina S. from Florida. Okay, so now we have Nessa R. followed by Debbie H. Go ahead, Nessa. Hi, thank you. Good morning, Bishop. This is Nessa R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, so yesterday we read about the moderate and hard eaters. And, you know, I grew up uh, having two eating buddies, my cousin and my best friend. And uh, actually my cousin ate even worse than I did, like a lot more. And um, 
you know, but after a while, they each decided on their own um, that they'd had enough. My, my cousin was fed up with being teased about being fat, and my, my best friend got interested in boys, and boys don't like fat girls. So she, they both lost the weight, and to this, to this day, they are still in, uh, in normal bodies, I would say, more than 40 years later. And I was baffled. I was baffled. How can they do it? And I can't. You know, we ate the same things. We ate the same amounts. Um, it just boggled my mind. You know, and it says here, it does the explanation um, on page, you know, 34. It says, this is the baffling feature of alcoholism, as we know it. The utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. I had the necessity. I also didn't like being teased. Um, I also had the wish because I also liked boys. Um, but that didn't work for me. That wasn't enough for me. And it wasn't until, I guess, more than three decades later that I found out that I was the real alcoholic. And this is the reason why I couldn't do what they had done. Um, you know, but at the same time, um, that realization, um, or that knowledge rather was not a realization, led me to this solution. And 10 years after that, now I am um, in a normal body. Um, now, more importantly, um, I am in a normal brain uh, that is not pushing me constantly to do what I don't want to do. Um, you know, after putting the foot down, uh, becoming entirely abstinent, working the steps, this is the result. This is the result, a normal body and a normal brain um, and an amazing life as a result. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nessa R. from Toronto, Canada. Okay, Debbie H. followed by Reva P. Go ahead, Debbie. Hi, this is Debbie H. from Kentucky. Can you hear me? Absolutely. All right. So, you know, uh, I really like this paragraph and how it talks about um, how we started because um, when I was young, I always um, thought about food just a little differently than like my brothers and sisters. Um, like I would help my mom set the table for dinner. She thought I was being nice. No, I just wanted to eat. Um, but it was just small ways. I was still very normal size, and I didn't have binges. Um, but my disease progressed. The more I used food, the more I learned to use more food. And, um, you know, when I first started dieting, it was just because I wanted to lose weight. Because food at that time was not taking me away from everything and everyone I loved. Um, but as my tolerance for food grew, there was much more pain than just being overweight. It was the pain of um, what I was losing in my life because of excess food. Um, because once I got into the food, I no longer wanted to be with anyone. I couldn't, my mind would, all I could think about was getting more food. So, um, I don't know when the transition happened, but I know I'm a real compulsive overeater today and that um, if I pick up the food today, I can't say when I will put it down. Uh, and that is the part that I, I have to um, accept that, yes, maybe I'll be able to put it down tomorrow, 
but maybe it will maybe it'll be six months from now um, but I do know that if I pick up the food today there's going to be a war going on inside of me um, you know and the war is going to be eat it don't eat it put it down you don't want to go there and um, that is miserable and also that when I'm if I pick up the food and get into it once again it will take me away from everyone and everything I love because once I get especially uh, attached to sugar, my thought is how can I get along with it so I can eat it like I need to because I can't do that in front of other people. So um, today I'm grateful that I know that if I want to consistently stay abstinent, I can't pick it up today and that, um, that I don't have to be in a war with food. Uh, anyhow, I'm grateful for that. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Debbie H. from Kentucky. All right. Reva P., you're up, followed by Loretta H. Go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, uh, normally in Toronto, currently in Montreal, Canada. Um, lose all control. You know, this um, chapter... And these couple of chapters teach me what I'm not. I tried to be a moderate eater. Um, I, I really tried, um, but I am not. At some point in my eating career, I passed this threshold. Um, and it was such a relief to read about the fact that I am not a normal eater. And when I ingest certain ingredients, I have this physiological reaction that baffled me that there was such a thing that I crave more. My husband is a normal eater. When he eats something that he wants, he doesn't have an, a craving for more. Um, and I'm the opposite. But this business of control, you know, when I'm not binging my face off um, and in the food, if I'm just a dry drunk, I am so restless, irritable, discontent. I feel like a time bomb. I feel like I'm just going to explode. And like, like somebody describes holding my breath underwater until I can get my fix. Um, so I'm not, I'm not peaceful if I'm in the food or I'm out of the food. Um, and I didn't know that there was a way to, um, to deal with this, that there was a solution, that there was a way that if I don't pick up those um, ingredients, and I work a spiritual program, I can be at peace. Um, and, you know, right now, the food is in its place, but I'm in Montreal. Um, I'm with my mother, which is quite emotional. There's a big family event. My daughter's still got some health stuff going on. And I don't want to be a dry drunk. Um, so this paragraph reminds me, you know, my whole life was about control, trying to control the food, trying to control people, trying to control my body, trying to control events. Like I don't have any control. Um, I need to keep the food down, which is like step zero and just keep working those steps to stay close to this power that does for me what I don't or can't do for myself. Um, and then I don't need to um, pick up um, and I don't need to control people and everything around me. Um, so it's just a great reminder. I sought control and can still seek control my whole life. Um, but when I'm close to God, I don't need to. I don't need to. Um, I don't need. I don't need to be the, the one running the show. Um, God's doing a pretty good job 
um, and I think I'll just trust that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P from Canada, usually Toronto, Canada. Okay, Loretta H, followed by Heather E H. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Amy, and everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who is saving my life today, recovered in North Carolina. So grateful to be here. This little paragraph um, is interesting because I can't stay stopped. And the reason is I can't, and I, I share this because my abstinence is so spiritual to me. Men and women, this is in the doctor's essentially become uh, essentially because they like the effect of alcohol. I was talking to my sponsor in another program last night, and I actually covet anorexia. And God's grace and mercy has stopped me from doing that. And he also, during my... I, I did this for 54 years. I started at four because of the control. My my father was an alcoholic. I would get attention, and they would stop fighting. And I proceeded getting a job to keep my weight down. I uh, actually was taken from somebody's house and brought home and made shame of because I ate all the Christmas cookies that were um, so I know I'm a compulsive overeater because I've never been able to be a successful anorexic and die from the disease. And so I get an effect from that. So I have to know, number one, initially, my first sponsor was a um, a nutritionist, Otter God. My first sponsor went to AA meetings, Otter God, back in um, 2001 when all of this stuff was really not known and she actually because I did find out about the allergy which for me was basically not eating and to actually nourish myself with good food with proper I, I eat three meals a day nothing in between I still text it to a food sponsor because I need to be accountable and honest for my with my food to get to the place where I can work the steps honestly and accountably. And the first step is about honesty. I know I am a compulsive overeater and powerless. And that little dash, my life is hopeless when I use food or not use food. So I really have to practice the principles in all my affairs to keep me from using my effect which really is anorexia. I know this sounds really complicated, but for me, that is really, it gives me the greatest high because of the control. But it always, always, God has never, ever let me die from it. So I will binge. And I'm so grateful for this program because about six months ago, I was unable to eat because of um, surgeries. And God allowed me that grace to at least get something in me so that I would not go back to compulsive overeating. And I'm so grateful for this program, the steps, because I do know that I have a spiritual malady. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta H. All right, Heather E.H., E-H you are up, followed by Lisa B. Go ahead, Heather. 
Heather E. H. from Texas, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Oh, good. Okay, because a lot of times I don't, I don't think I can get heard, but at first, but um, I, I found out at the end of my eating that I was a real compulsive overeater, a real like a real alcoholic. And all my life, I was in a relationship where I just ate like the other, like my partner. And um, so I was a, more of a moderate eater and, and more of a hard eater um, and a moderate eater. And um, then when, when I had my knee replacement, all I could do was sit and watch TV with ice packs on my knee for about uh, three months, and all I did was eat and watch TV. And I gained so much weight, I became a severe compulsive overeater, and I had crossed that line that they talk about in the big book. I had crossed that line of no going back. And um, I continued. I had a stroke. And all I was able to do was lay in bed for a while and eat and read and watch TV. And I put on a lot of weight. And um, so I know that I'm a real compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, it drove me into the rooms of OA. And it drove me into into the vision program for which I'm truly grateful. I'm truly, truly grateful. Because now I'm um, working the steps every single day. I do what my sponsor told me to do at the very beginning. Well, I had some different sponsors, but I do what they told me to do in uh, the very beginning every single day because I don't want to go back to that obsession. And mainly it's not the, uh, the act of the eating. It's the obsession the obsession drove me over the edge. And um, I'm so grateful to all of y'all, and I love the shares that I've heard. And um, thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Heather E.H. from Texas. All right, Lisa B., you're up, and then we're going to take some more names. Friendly reminder where we are, page 21, the first paragraph. Uh, what about the real alcoholic? Unpacking that one paragraph only. So get ready. All right, Lisa B., you're up. Please go ahead. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Good morning. Mm-hmm. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and thank you for your service. This is such an amazing paragraph. There's so much I want to say. I wish I could just, like, spill it all out. I don't know how to even put it into words. So, <clears throat> um, you know, the spiritual malady is truly the driving force behind this disease. And I didn't want to accept that. You know, I wanted to be the God of my own life. I wanted to be God and run the show. And I become so uncomfortable with that emptiness inside of me. And I want to be like other people. You know, I judge my insides by other people's outsides and I see them eating normally. And I think I can do that. I can do that, but I'm wired differently. I'm wired to be dependent and reliant on God. I'm wired that I have to have an intimate relationship with the God of my understanding, you know? And what happens for me is I lose all control 
of my consumption and I can't stop and I'm rendered it just full of despair and then I am willing to listen as a dying person will listen. You know, I stand ready to do anything which will lift this merciless obsession. And on the next page, we're going to learn about the main problem is in my mind. And the 12 steps treat that. But it comes down to that spiritual awakening. It's a spiritual malady. But that allergy is so real. The subtlety is what I would, would always get me in trouble. For 24 years, I wandered around. Why can't I stay abstinent? It's because I was never truly entirely abstinent. I always had it in my system in some form. So it really starts in the very beginning of the doctor's opinion and the clarity and understanding that and submitting to the truth of who I am, that I have an allergy. It is real. It has to be alcohol elimination in all forms, you know. And then as I go on in the steps, I learn about that spiritual malady at a deeper level and that that is the key for me. And we're so blessed to have these 12 steps as the path to that experience, you know. So I just, I love this. This is who I am. And today, you know, as a recovered person, I am doing this happily, but I still want to break away from my higher power and say, I can do this. I've got that. You know, I've got control. And that's just the beginning of the end for me, that self-reliance. It starts there. You know, the food is the last thing to go. So I'm grateful to be here. I pass. Thank you so much. Lisa B. from South Carolina. Okay, so we got time for probably about six or seven more to share. So I know I missed a few people in the first round. So who would like to share? Sarah L. Brenda A., New York. Sarah L., Brenda H. A. Pedro B. I got Santa. Pedro, Shirley S. Pedro A. Is it Santa? Leia. Yes. Santa B. Leia S. Oh, hold on one second. I missed somebody. I keep missing her, and I'm so sorry. When uh, Dara was coming in, who was that? Anita L. Okay, maybe it's Anita. All right. So here's what I have. I've got Dara L, Brenda H, Pedro A, Santa B, Leah S, Anita L. And if we have time, I might be able to add another person, but I'm not quite sure. So let's go with what we got. Dara L, you are up, followed by Brenda H. Please go ahead. Yay. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, anorexic and bulimic in Philadelphia, um, and, and a hopeless, right, a chronic hopeless um, bulimic. Um, and, you know, this idea of being like the real compulsive eater made me think about um, some recent experiences and also some historical experiences. So this is my um, fourth time, like, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of of working the steps and entire abstinence and, and my fourth time, um, you know, being recovered. And uh, what happened every other time was that I thought I was cured. You know, I thought that I was cured. I thought like, oh, you know, it's been two years. It's been five years, whatever. Like, I, I mean, I, I can't possibly have this problem 
anymore. You all are sick, but I'm fine, you know, because I'm not doing the things that were killing me anymore. Um, and it's crazy to me, my ability to forget, my ability to forget that I am a real compulsive eater, um, you know, after 18 treatment centers and, you know, like, I mean, just my life, like all the things that I've lost as a result of this disease and all the things that I haven't achieved and all the relationships I've blown up and the damage I've done to my body, you know, like I, I get some recovery and then I suddenly can forget that I am a real hopeless case. Um, and I just want to share, you know, since I got recovered, I had two experiences. One of them was really recent and they shook me. They were, it was terrifying because on a daily basis, I don't, I don't think about food. Like I don't think about binging. I don't think about purging. I don't think about killing myself um, with my drug, but, um, recently I did something, uh, dietary related for medical reasons. And, um, I started to have thoughts. I started to have food thoughts and it was, it shook me. It shook me to my core. Um, and the only other time that that's happened in this time, uh, recovered was, um, at surgery and, uh, same thing, you know, it somehow, uh, activated the compulsion and thank God, you know, thank God for this program and thank God for people. But it's, um, to me, you know, I could be upset about that, right? Or I could look at like the spiritual, like where am I lagging in my spiritual program? But I could also look at it as, oh, thank you for the reminder that I am a real compulsive eater, that I am going to have this disease for the rest of my life. And, you know, I think I don't actually look at normal eaters and like want to be like them because I was never like them. But the people who are most dangerous to me are people who in this program can like go out for a day and relapse and come right back because that will never be me. Like I am broken when it comes to food and only God can save me from that. Um, and so, yeah, really grateful for the reminder and happy to be here and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Dara L. from Philly. Okay, Brenda H., you're up, followed by Pedro. Go ahead, yeah. Brenda. Uh, good morning. It's Brenda A. as an abstinent in New York. Uh, good morning, and thank you all for your service. I am so joyful to be part of not only Vision, but OA. And, um, you know, some people think I was up lucky because weight never had a part in my life until um, gaining weight until my early 40s. And... Um, I used to pride myself in being able to eat as much as a 200-pound man and still, you know, just weigh, you know, maybe 103, 105 pounds. And that was my claim to fame. And I lived to go out and party and eat and drink with with people. And everyone always said, wow, I wish I had your metabolism. Well, they didn't know, neither did I, that I have been a compulsive overeater, eating as the solution to pain, to loneliness for my entire life. And what I also recently recognized, and I am so grateful, I am beginning to rework the steps tonight. I am beyond excited. And my new sponsor said to me, well, I think we should start at step three. And I said to her, I will follow whatever you suggest, but I'm definitely at step one. And I've come to terms. I have finally, after being in this program since um, on vision since 2020, and I have recovered and I have sponsored, 
But I never let go and surrendered to my higher power. I always held on to that little bit of control, and it doesn't work. And I now accept the fact that, yeah, I am a food addict, I am a compulsive overeater, and I'm beginning to be grateful for it because I've seen what recovery, I've experienced recovery. And I say to everyone, if you're in relapse or you can't get abstinent, talk to God about it. It works. That's my only solution. God has the power that I need, and I finally accept only God can do for me what neither I nor any other human has been able to do. Thank you all for your support and your love, and I pass. Thank you so much, Brenda A. from New York. Okay, Pedro, you are up. Please go ahead, Pedro. I think it was Pedro A. Good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good morning. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Pedro J. B. R. <laughs> That's okay. a new one. Um, thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, if you're new, welcome. Um, I'm really happy to feel recovered at this moment by uh, by a loving, courageous, compassionate, higher power and my sisters and brothers um, in recovery. And uh, if you're new, welcome. Welcome. Um I, you know, this, this, uh, the real alcoholic, you know, I, I started working on step one this morning, once again, and, um, you know, what, what was popping, you know, that's, that's the question, you know, I, step one, we admit it, we were powerless over food and our life is unmanageable, right, by me, I need, I need power, I need, uh, I need my higher power, and, you know, what's, what's coming up to my mind as we read this morning and as, as I heard, is that um, uh, that that page where it says, uh, um, we learned, we have to admit to our innermost self that we were alcoholics, you know? And um, the question is, you know, uh, can I admit that I'm uh, a compulsive overeater? You know, am I sure? It's like without a doubt, because the fact is that, you know, um, I have tried to stay abstinent, right? And I haven't been able to. So, so that that's the fact that you know that I'm a, you know, if if you the big book tells me right, if when you really try, you find you cannot, then you're probably an alcoholic. And there, there's another there's another thing, but I don't remember right now. But you know. You know, that's how I found out. Okay, well, I'm going to stay abstinent. Okay, well, let's see. Let's, let's try it. Try it out. You know, and uh, I'm just really grateful and very happy at uh, this moment to be recovered, right, for these 24 hours. These 24 hours ahead of me are the most important 24 hours ahead of all of us, right? I believe this is a, a we program. And um, really peaceful and happy and healthy and um, uh uh, and uh, I'm, I am, I'm lost for words. Thank you. Happy 24 hours. Thank you, Pedro J B R. Where are you from, Pedro? Um, I'm from San Bernardino, California. 
All right. Thank you, Pedro JBR from San Bernardino, California. All right, Santa B followed by Leah S. Go ahead, Santa. Good morning, my fellow. My name is Santa H. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater, living in the solution one day at a time. Thank you to Team Thursday for your service, and thank you to all who shared thus, thus far. Um, wow, what about the real alcoholic? I really think in my personal experience in reading this book that this is what this book is all about. It is for and written for um, the real compulsive overeater in my case. And... Um, and moving forward, it's going to teach me how to live a life free of, of um, live a life happy, joyous, and free, and, and to become entirely abstinent one day at a time. Um, I remember as a child, I was definitely a moderate drinker, eater. I didn't have any weight issues. Um, I could take it or leave it. But then something happens, like I cross that imaginary line. And I pretty much can picture the, the, around by the time that it happened for me where I started out having these emotions, didn't know how to handle it, and I discovered that sugar and flour was going to ease my, um, bring me ease and comfort. And back then, I didn't know what I know now, but that's what it was. And then over the years, it just got progressively worse. Um, I kept going back to those ingredients um, to soothe me. Um, and then the weight increased and continued to increase. But it took me years before I came into the room. And even in the rooms, I I was still in denial that I was a compulsive overeater. But through my experience and over the years, I now see how progressive this disease is and how um, I can say truly in my heart that I am a real compulsive overeater. And I must do the work outlined in this big book every single day in order to stay sober and to live happy, joyous, and free. Thank you for listening and the opportunity to share. I pass. Thank you, Santa H. All right, Leah S. followed by Anita L. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S. and presently in upstate New York. I'm going to focus on two, three, four, five. Five um, words at the last sentence. Once I start to drink, I don't know. I don't know how to stop. But you want to know something, guys? I prided myself because I was eating so much. And everyone in my family was gaining weight, and I wasn't gaining weight. So I prided nothing's going to happen to me. You know, on page 30, they're saying the truth, the absolute truth. This is a progressive disease. It doesn't catch up with you today. It catches up with you. And... um, It just goes on and on, and I don't know how to stop, and I don't know when to stop, and um, I, I didn't understand why I have to admit that. That was painful because when when you 
when you face the core of, of really, really what's going on and you don't know what to do, you're just thinking, I'm so grateful that we have these steps because we don't have to think in step two. We can go on to step three and we can actually try to imagine that higher power helping me with the food. Doesn't didn't make sense to me, but I decided that I was desperate enough. I don't wanna I don't wanna die young. I don't want things to happen to me because of, 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 of diabetes, heart disease. I mean all these things, these are real. But I didn't see them as real. So I guess, you know, I had to admit it to myself. This is it, Leah. And is that all what life is all about? That 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 stupid drink, it's so full of sugar. You want to drink more <laughs> and you get more sugar and you're still thirsty. Of course, because you're not getting water and water is healthy for healthier for you. So, um I have a disease. I just wanted to say I have a disease and I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I wear glasses. I see better with the glasses, the eyeglasses, or the lenses, and I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm very proud to say to all of you, I am a compulsive overeater. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Leah S. from New York. Anita L., you are up. Hi, this is Anita. Okay, great. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, living in the solution uh, just for today. So uh, I am the real deal. I am the real compulsive overeater. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And uh, when I was thinking about what am I going to say, the thought came to my mind, my kindergarten picture. And I was chubby. Uh, my mom made a book of, you know, when I was in elementary school, all the pictures. And, um, yeah, I was chubby at at uh, age five. And I believe in my heart that in fourth grade is when I crossed over that line from being a heavy eater to a compulsive overeater needing the food. I don't remember exactly what was going on in my life. However, I learned that food was comfort food. I loved it and um, I needed it at the time. And for today, I'm so grateful that I have a higher power who loved me so much that I was brought into this program at age 23. So I've had So many years to live and learn and keep learning and keep growing. And um, I don't need to experiment anymore. You know, I don't need to try those yellow light foods anymore. I know. I've proven to myself so many times, you know, I I can handle it for a period of time, but eventually it you know, I've lost all control. So for today, I have entire abstinence, like it says in the big book, and it's brought such 
miracles into my life, um, such freedom. Um, how free do I want to be? Well, I'm the real deal, so I want it all. <laughs> you know, just a little bit isn't enough. I want that total freedom. And I called a newcomer the other day, and she she asked me either how many meetings a week do you go to or what kind of meetings do you go to, something like that. And I said, I go to six meetings, OA meetings, and then I'm in another program, so I go to that as well. And she said, oh, I guess you're struggling. (laughs) And I laughed to myself because, no, I need to go to that many meetings to keep me well. You know, there are different meetings, a big book meeting, a step meeting, two varied format meetings, and then two meetings at night, which are beyond my wildest dreams, sharing about the spiritual recovery. And Thank you. And because I'm the real deal, I need to work harder than ever, and I'm grateful for today. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Anita L. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, so we have time for one more share. We're a little shy of three minutes. Who would like to take us out? Ramona A. Ramona, please go ahead. Okay, hi, everyone. This is Ramona A. in Vermont. And good topic, that little sentence and little paragraph there say a whole lot for me. I think... um, by the time I was five or six, I was a heart eater, and by the time I was ten, I was certainly over, you know, over the edge, and I was a compulsive eater, and I had no control. I remember getting up in the middle of the night to steal food because my bedroom was close to the kitchen, um, because I'd been told at dinner, oh, you don't want that dessert, do you, Ramona? Well, sure I did. You <laughs> know, so, I needed it. But anyway... When I, um, one thing I thought that I did not know that God could be a help in this. We had a faith tradition, and with that, it was um, certainly taught about God. But as it turned out, I thought, because I was the only one in the family with this disease, and my parents were not happy that I was fat. (coughs) Excuse me. So I thought probably God wasn't happy with it either, and he wasn't going to do anything about it. I had to do that. And that went on for years and years and years and years until I began to understand from OA, got into OA, that no, God was my solution, not not the one that I had to perform for. And finally, I found out that, yes, I could trust, and now I know that if God does not do it for me, then I'm lost. You know, I, I'll be eating right down into the food. So for that, every day, every moment of every day, I have to trust God to be my help, to help me work this program, to do, you know, all that is needed to be done so that I don't start looking for the food as the answer to my feelings. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ramona. Perfect timing from Vermont. Uh, We're going to wrap things up here. Thank you to everyone who shared. What an awesome meeting. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following 
the share ID for today's meeting, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, August 11, 2022, is 19,284-19284. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Martha Z., will you please read a vision for you for us? Thank you, Amy. This is Martha C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.